already. So the first movie came out in the late 1980s, 1988, starring Bruce Willis. Movie, from what I heard, could have been a sequel. It was Commando, along with a movie called The Detective that starred Frank Sinatra. And uh, overall, uh, definitely one which I'm glad the studio wanted to cast him to cast. Would have been Chris Crosby. Beefy action movie hero with them being almost unbeatable, like gods, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. And I'm so glad that they did that. The movie that luckily makes references to it was uh, John McClane saying, These terrorists, they have enough C4 here to, to detonate, I mean, to take down Arnold Schwarzenegger even the villain, Hans Gruber, who I will, uh, who I will, um, get into more and more. Again, um, let's just say that he, um, calls him, uh, oh yeah, he says, what are you, like, John Rambo? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, overall, though, um, this first Die Hard movie is just an absolute action. Many have tried to be like, and I guess I'll just jump on this guy since the action movies that kind of uh, tried to be like Die Hard. Many imitators, where it would be Die Hard in a on a, and uh, it'd be about a lone hero fighting overwhelming odds in a restricted environment. This movie, the plot is so simple yet so effective. As John McClane goes to his wife's Christmas party. And let's just say now, the book, The Christmas of Africa, written by Roger Corbin, I think last forever, completely different story because he's going to his daughter's freaking um, party. But let's just say that um, freaking, uh, I'm so glad that um, they did keep some of the characters' names intact from the book at some stage. The name of that character was Joe Leland. Freaking, uh, what was I going to say? Freaking, almost all of the most famous action scenes from the film are taken straight from the book, just like uh, McClane going through the ducks, along with um, dropping the C4 down the elevator shaft, and also uh, him jumping down off the roof with the nozzle attached to his chest. Along with the end of the climax when McClane fights Hans Gruber and takes a gun to his back. But uh, yeah, the building that was in the movie was um, called Nakatomi Plaza, but it's actually Fox Plaza, which is in Century City. 
City in Los Angeles. I know one place I'm definitely going whenever I'm in LA. And uh, let's just say that another thing too I found interesting was the building was still under construction during the making of the original Die Hard. And um, freaking, uh, what was I going to say? Freaking, freaking, uh, Fox had to charge themselves rent to use their own building. A nice fun piece of trivia that I just found out. But, uh, yeah, let's just say that um, definitely the perfect setting of a terrorist seizing the building and cutting off all communication and leaving John McClane stuck there having to do the best he can to with the situation that is at hand. But, uh, yeah, freaking, um, I also remembered that this was also in uh, Lethal Weapon 2 and freaking. God dang. But yeah, just overall, and I guess I'll say this too, this movie is both an action and a Christmas movie. I surely don't get why some people don't acknowledge it as Christmas, because it does take place on Christmas Eve. The setting is all about it. There's plenty of references to the holiday. And, um, freaking, uh, everything overall is just centered around the holiday, and overall, this is definitely Christmas, and I am just so glad they made McClane a relatable protagonist who has to use his grit to survive, and that's the way it's set up with just about every diehard film. But, uh, yeah, freaking, um, just a little background on McClane, he's a cop from New York City, but goes to this party in LA because that's where his wife works and his marriage is going through some problems. And overall, the hostages seize the building where his wife works at, led by Hans Gruber. And I gotta say this right now I can't believe that this movie got uh, mixed reviews initially, with uh, criticisms being leveled at the violence of the film. It's like, seriously. R-rated film. What were you expecting? There to not be blood? God dang. Well, that is a criticism which I guess was around back in 1988 and hasn't left cinema yet. It's still a problem. Some even criticizing uh, Bruce Willis's performance. And I don't get why some people say it was Hans Gruber and Freaking um, the other German goons who held the movie together. That movie is equally successful because of Bruce Willis. It was down to earth and relatable portrayal of John McClane, along with uh, along with freaking along with uh, along with Gruber and all the other characters. And this is the movie that launched Willis to stardom, after all. So, yeah. Just stupid. I really don't get it when people say that. But, uh, yeah. Overall, though, everything in this movie is great. The effects hold up, and all the stunts. Well, I can't believe, too, is a lot of these stunts were done by Willis himself. You wouldn't think he would do them, but uh, 
the jump he did off the roof at Nakatomi Plaza or Fox Plaza as it was filmed. That uh, that was done for real. The director had him do it, and I guess he signed the waiver and did it himself. Even though in later films there are some shots where it's quite obvious Willis isn't doing the stunt, but if that's just what happens when you have an older action hero. But to my knowledge, he does still try to do as many as he can. But, uh, yeah, I can definitely see why the cinematographer for this movie with his just great and visceral and just, uh, for lack of a very good, just spot-on cinematography decided to um, direct Speed, which is considered Die Hard on a bus, which I can definitely agree with the parallels, though I still think that movie has enough of its own identity to escape the Die Hard comparison. Probably because Joss Whedon wrote the script, but uh, yeah. Overall, though, McClane is just the perfect amount of relatable, and I've even noticed that not every shot he fires in this movie connects, so it's not like he has freaking pinpoint accuracy, and it's almost like he has, he's playing a video game with freaking the difficulty down to freaking easy for the enemy, so definitely another part that really helps, and I am just so glad that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Paul Schwartzer Stallone didn't take this role because they probably would have turned it into a typical, oh, they're in the building, we're just going to grab an M60 or some kind of an assault rifle and just mow down all the crooks. So definitely glad that um, that didn't happen. But yeah, overall, the villain in this, Hans Gruber, is a real great character too because he is a thief posing as a terrorist. He's not really a terrorist. He's just more of a thief who is posing as a terrorist, and I'm so glad that this movie didn't get political, and that's something that I wish movies like The Batman and James Wan in 1984 would learn, quit throwing politics into movies where they don't need to be. But, uh, yeah, Ugh, it's just so annoying, but thanks to God, and rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Hans Gruber is just very, uh, for an American cinematic debut, he really knocked it out of the park, because wanted to steal the negotiable bearer bonds from Nakatomi Plaza, and it is just so nice with his attitude and demeanor and how he's a professional but not heartless, and he only kills if he feels it is necessary to get what he wants, and having the two-way radio with John McClane where they interact with each other, and McClane says the iconic, yeah, yay, motherfucker, and it's just pure cinematic perfection right there, and I just love how he says it at the end, too. He's all like, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, it is just fucking awesome, and so many details I've noticed about the script in the first Die Hard. The writing is just awesome, and upon repeat views of the original Die Hard, you notice a lot more if you watch, if you watch it, because it's, uh, Gosh, the script is just so well written, man. The pacing is just so well structured. Every event builds into the next, and there really isn't a part of the plot that doesn't come into play later. So I really don't get that criticism the initial reviews got, say, criticizing the movie. Like, they have critics back then. They, they, they didn't know what they were watching. And freaking, uh, what was I going to say? Freaking. But yeah, freaking, uh, 
also leads to some great interactions when McClane and him meet for the first time. Where McClane is pretending to be a hostage, he's all freaking out, and McClane gives him a gun, thinking that he had it loaded, but he didn't put bullets in it. He just wanted to know for sure who he was, and he faked an American accent. And, oh God, it is just so so many great details, and um, yeah, overall, just uh, everything's just great. Just so many details too, like Carl, the main goon. Um, um, John kills first his brother, who kills him at the beginning of the movie. Carl is not the one who dies, though. His brother is the one who gets killed, and he's out for revenge with him, and it leads to some real hard knuckles, just not glorified, not kung fu, just full-on fist punching and just slamming into walls between him and Carl. And uh, McClane thinks he has him killed, but he doesn't, and that leads to the iconic scene when McClane jumps off the Nakatomi Plaza's roof FBI agents, because the FBI had just gotten in due to the due to Gruber posing as a terrorist. But uh, yeah, but then even Argyle, a character who's the limo driver for him, you think he's not going to help out much, but he ends up preventing the crooks from escaping because he destroys their escape vehicle and knocks out the goon who was going to escape, and it is just, oh yeah, just damn near. This is definitely an action movie like John Wick, where I feel like it doesn't let only the action carry the film. It wants to also have a good story and good, relatable lead character, and it just goes above and beyond what's expected for the usual action film. And I can see why this movie has influenced so many others from all the imitators like Speed, Under Siege. I just watched one of the ones that was considered Die Hard on an Island, and that was uh, The Rock, Air Force One. If you watch it, then you have Die Hard on the President's Plane, and got so many movies that just tried to match the success of it, but definitely didn't do it. And one last character, too, I gotta highlight is Sergeant Owl, Al Powell, who was a police officer who gets involved after uh, he gets thrown into the conflict with uh, with McClane, played by Reginald Bell Johnson, who was also a cop in uh, Ghostbusters, which is a nice little detail I like too, and also Carl Winslow on Family Matters. But uh, yeah, freaking uh, overall though, just a real solid, real solid uh, series, uh, movie, and uh, yeah, his uh, character is definitely real great and um gosh dang let's just say that he's a character along with another one who i will get into once i get to die hard with vengeance which i sure hope could make a comeback but we'll just have to wait and see but uh yeah anyway um Al Pal finds Carl, who ends up not being dead, who ends up coming back. He's about to kill McClane, but he ends up shooting him because he was a cop who was a traditional cop, but decided to just do paperwork and have a desk job because he shot a kid who had a toy gun, even though he took for an actual gun, ended up killing him, and it kind of messed with him. And just one thing I like, all these characters are all really well established, and he's really the only character who will help McClane out. There's this police chief named Dwayne Robinson, who's also played by the principal in the Breakfast Club, a nice couple of 
too, which uh, uh, I was mentioning how to actually play Infinite all these and but uh, yeah, freaking um, let's just say that uh, it is just real nice when uh, he tries to call out the plane and Al Powell does his job and realizes, yeah, he wasn't the bad guy. He was good. So get off his ass. But uh, yeah, overall though, freaking um, just everyone in this movie is just so well perfectly cast, and this is just a great action movie, just a great movie overall. So um, if you haven't seen Die Hard, do yourself a favor and watch this damn movie. Don't listen to those temper, those contemporary critics in the late 1980s. They were full of shit. This is how you do action. And uh, I guess to list off, I found a list of other diehard imitators that follow the diehard formula. They're kind of good in their own ways, but I don't know if it's. Uh, I don't know if it's freaking. I don't know if um, I'd say this is completely ripped off, but yeah, there was Under Siege, which was considered diehard on a battleship, and Passenger 57, Executive Decision, and Air Force One, which were all diehard in a plane, except Air Force One would be the President's plane, and I guess Cliffhanger, the short um, Sylvester Stallone action movie, which I actually have the Sega Genesis video game version of, was diehard on a mountain. And Sudden Death was Die Hard in a Stadium. And Hot Air was Die Hard on a Prison Plane. And there have been some other Die Hard uh, imitators, but haven't been able to find them yet. So now, I guess that's all I gotta say about the originals. So, moving on to Die Hard 2. I gotta say, I feel like people were way too critical on Die Hard 2. Some YouTube critics I've watched, like Luke Stuckman, Jeremy Johns, I gotta admit, there are some effects that haven't aged well in this movie, and there are certain conveniences and aspects of the plot that just, I will admit, they don't hold up on repeat viewings, and I guess I was more forgiving on it from the first time I watched it, but overall still, I will say this, John McClane is always John McClane in every Die Hard movie from Die Hard 1 to Live Free or Die Hard. It's not until a good day to Die Hard, which I'll get into, where I feel like bastardized. But uh, yeah, this one follows mercenaries who are trying to free a general. And this time, the setting is in an airport in Wadham, Virginia. Dulles International Airport is the uh, setting this time that is in Virginia. But uh, yeah, freaking um, McLean also transfers to LA and you get to see his wife, uh, Holly, who uh, also I gotta admit too, for a hostage character we follow in an action movie, forgot to mention this too. Holly is surprisingly a good character when you care for and root for him and put McLean at risk for him. But that's another good piece of writing from the writers of these movies that can't really uh, criticize too much. <clears throat> but yeah, overall, the same guy who wrote um, the first time movie, Steven E. D'Souza, he wrote this movie too. So all I will say is. There is one scene, too, though, that defies usual logic, which, if you can roll with it, you can roll with it or not, I understand, but, I don't know, maybe I like it in a funny, cheesy action movie sort of way, because, I mean, Die Hard 2 did have a hard act to follow, with uh, following up such a classic, like, Die 
expect what they're gonna do because that movie was just changed the game so much of action. It's kind of like the Matrix Reloaded, where it's like, well, what else can be done? Because uh, freaking just about everything that can be done has been done. But uh, yeah, overall though, freaking, um, it's just uh, definitely not as bad as it's made out to be. I will admit the villains are a little bit weaker too. <clears throat> Colonel Stewart, along with Major Grant. But still, overall though, definitely uh, not a bad um, <clears throat> not a bad sequel at all and definitely uh, definitely could have definitely wasn't as bad as as it's been made out to be. But uh, yeah, overall though, um, <clears throat> this movie definitely has a pretty solid ending. And when the plane beats those terrorists, but let's just say they were some, they're not terrorists, they're mercenaries, they were some evil bastards. Let's just say that they destroyed a whole plane just to mess with the uh, workers at the airport. And uh, it is just so awesome seeing them just there as a comeuppance, but uh, yeah, overall though, freaking um, definitely uh, not as bad. Oh, and also Robert Patrick has a small appearance in this movie, so it's kind of nice watching John McClane freaking blow him away since this movie came out a year before Terminator 2, the movie that uh, launched his career. But uh, yeah, freaking um, Still a film worth watching, so can't not recommend. This movie really isn't as bad as it's made out to be. But uh, yeah, the villains are good enough to work for this story and uh, definitely lives up to it. And I don't get why Bruce Willis said this was his least favorite of all Die Hard movies. It's not as bad as uh, it's made out to be. <clears throat> but yeah, I will admit though, the scene where McClane has all the thrown in him to watch them all hit the cockpit in this one plane where he's in, it is kind of hard to suspend disbelief with how long it takes for them to explode. Like, it is like, wow. Those fuses defy the logic of using grenades. Because if I know anything from playing video games or just watching people throw grenades, you have a very small amount of time to get that thing out of your hand before it explodes. And you're just a pile of blood. But uh, yeah, moving on to Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think I'm going to talk about Die Hard with a Vengeance, and then I'll stop here and resume next with, uh, finish off with uh, Live Free or Die Hard. And a good day to Die Hard, and then I'm going to speculate on the future of the series. So, Die Hard with a Vengeance is the only Die Hard movie that took place where John McClane has actual jurisdiction, that being New York City, where there is a terrorist by the name of Simon, who uh, who goes and gives bomb threats and has it out for McClane. And you know what? I'm not going to reveal too much on that because it is a real nice twist. Because this movie was directed by the same guy who directed directed the um, he directed the original Die Hard. And let's just say the acting is just so perfect and spot on, 
yeah, there are some digital effects that don't hold up. Like 1995, what do you expect? But anyway, the villain in this movie is just damn near perfect. And the main thing I want to talk about here that, without going into too much detail, is the character he's playing teams up with, that being Sam Jackson, Bruce Carver, who um, initially doesn't like him, but they grow to like each other and team up to take down the villain in this. And let's just say that um, the ending did feel a little tacked on in this movie, but I still like it for what it is. And um, freaking, uh, oh, freaking, let's just say that uh, there is an alternate ending, which is definitely very interesting. And I'll say this, if this would have been the ending we got, the direction of the series would have definitely definitely uh, turned out a lot different. But uh, yeah, overall though, the action is just perfect, whether it's a fight scene, a shootout, car chase, just about everything is just spot on. And the cast is great. Not as great as the original Die Hard, obviously, but definitely a worthy follow-up, just like Die Hard 2. So I guess I'm in the minority on my opinion on um, Die Hard 2. But Die Hard Revengeance, definitely classic. And I guess I'll go ahead and get into those last two movies and speculations. So let's go ahead and take a little break here. Yes, if you're wondering, that sweet transition sound effect does serve a purpose and definitely is something that will be discussed when uh, Live Free or Die Hard or Die Young and Let Me listen to you stand up. But uh, let's just say that did happen. We'll hear after Die Hard with a Vengeance, directed by Glenn Weiss and the director of the Underworld movies. And um, let's just say that uh, definitely was a uh, interesting choice. And let's just say that this movie definitely pretty good for the most part. And I will admit definitely good return to form for Die Hard, though definitely can't recreate the magic of the original, but um, this one had played the perfect angle, which I gotta admit was perfect for this movie. In the 21st century, John McClane kind of dated it off with uh, crimes becoming more digital and things more analog, and uh, let's just say that this rivalry is kind of like uh, freaking the rivalry between Batman and the Joker Dark Knight, where it's not just going to take fists to take down this villain. This villain has way more power and influence than just that. But yeah, Timothy Oliphant, who uh, was in The Mandalorian just recently, thought I'd add that in there. Freaking, uh, let's just say that uh, freaking freaking uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, he plays the uh, main villain of this, Thomas Gabriel, who used to work for the Department of Defense. He got betrayed by them and has been shutting down the USA's infrastructure since just about everything runs on computers these days, which is just a real great concept for, uh, for this. And this movie also finally allows uh, Lucy McLean, or as he goes by for the first part of this, Gennaro, 
he uh, is in this as well. And Wayne teams up with Justin Long to face another hacker named Matt Farrell. And uh, let's just say that uh, frickin' it is... Uh, <clears throat> frickin', uh, let's just say that, gosh dang, that angle is just so perfect with the analog versus that. And this movie also taking place in Washington, D.C. before uh, the 4th of July. And also, these terrorists make the digital equivalent of a ransom note playing archive footage of many presidents talking about how they're taking over and explaining what they want. But, uh, yeah. And Maggie Q was also in this movie as another, as another freaking, um, guys, as another freaking, um, pretty solid um, assistant to the main villain, as uh, she's played by Mai Lin, who was in Second in Command and loved her. And let's just say that it's so nice seeing McLean and him just frickin' duke it out. McLean is all like, get over here, why don't I uh, show you some old school justice? And he just wants to go in and beat the shit out of him. But as the plot thickens, Lucy gets kidnapped by him and he hacks into the elevator due to his power over this, and uh, leads to a pretty awesome cameo from Kevin Smith, who plays Fred Warlock, and, uh, oh gosh, it is just such a perfect freaking um, perfect freaking uh, setup and dynamic, but, uh, but yeah, freaking um, Sorry about that, had a distraction come up, but, uh, anyway, yeah, freaking um, Kevin Smith is just so perfect as the ultimate geek with a lot of Star Wars and this other nonsense, uh, gosh dang, it is just, his scenes are just so perfect, and it's kind of a shame that, uh, Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis ended up not getting along with, uh, Cop Out, but, I guess it is what it is, but, uh, anyway, freaking um, back to the plot of this movie, though. Definitely has some pretty solid um, stunt work. Just great kinds of action from shootouts to just McLean having to be creative to uh, to take down the villains. And overall, just uh, real freaking um, real solid. And the visual effects here are used sparingly, which was a real nice choice on the filmmaker's part. And Final climax between McLean, without spoiling it, but McLean, Lucy, and Matt, and Gabriel, just perfect. And I guess I'll address this. This movie got the PG 13 rating, but there is an unrated cut. But I will say this this is what I always go to when I reference R rated film series that neuter themselves just to make more money. And this is the prime example right here. And, uh, Gosh dang, I gotta admit, it's, it's kind of odd seeing McLean not be able to just say, whoa, 
McLean is still McLean, and um, overall, definitely real solid. All I will say though is it's still really gritty and intense, but it is definitely a bit annoying though when you don't see all the blood and freaking the one F1 user PG13 rating. Let's just say it wasn't used well, but then it is what it is. Still overall though, real solid film and definitely a lot better than what would come afterwards. So that being a good day to die hard. Oh my god. Once again, sorry, had something come up, so it's all good with that. But yeah, finishing off my uh, thoughts, freaking, um, yeah, let's just say this movie just completely bastardized McLean. And uh, let's see. All right, the problem has been resolved. So finishing off what I was saying, freaking um, this time Jack McLean is who teams up with John on this, and it's some very convoluted and confusing plot. Let's just say I really don't want to get into it. Just deals with a global terrorism plot, and John freaking having to uh, team up with Jack to take down these Russian terrorists. All I will say is this is this could, movie could very easily be Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of die-hard series, because this movie just, uh, it's just everything wrong. The action filmed real poor. John McClane has just become a dick, and I'm trying to forget he was a police officer, because 
one thing Chris Tuckman brought up, which I got to admit I love about John McClane's character, is he always wants to help out and be the best cop he can be. And it seems like freaking he just forgot about that in this movie and just made McClane do whatever he wants. So, uh, yeah. It's just uh, <clears throat> real annoying. And who the villain is in this movie is just confusing as fuck. And, um, yeah, overall, just this movie, John Moore, I don't know what he was thinking with this movie, and he really just took it on. I feel like his only real good movie was Behind Enemy Lines, and uh, he just does not fit for Die Hard. But, uh, yeah, overall, though, um, this movie, not very good. And from what I've heard about the series, it's looking like there isn't going to be another movie. I guess the sequel's been cancelled, and due to the Disney acquisition of Fox, they're thinking of having a miniseries, or maybe a TV series that's going to be like a sequel and a prequel to Die Hard, kind of like Godfather Part 2, that's going to have an actor that's going to play young John McClane filling in when he first became a cop, now, and I've been hearing rumors that Owl Powell and Zeus would come back along with his children, and, you know, if we're not going to get a movie, I honestly would not mind if we just get this, because to be quite honest, um, Die Hard would be a hard movie to believe under any banner of Disney, because it is just so freaking um, its own thing, and definitely has had such an impact. So, it sucks that the last movie we're getting is going to be, um, going to be that way. But from what I've heard, this series is going to be called McClane, so interesting title, won't have anything Die Hard related. I also hope they change the title and make it maybe connect to Die Hard in some way on the title. But, uh, yeah. Overall, though, I think it's a concept of this, and uh, it uh, sounds like a pretty solid series. So, yeah, overall, my thoughts on this series are probably one of the best action movie series, and it's definitely influenced many. And anytime I talk about action movies that go above and beyond what's asked of an action movie, this is what you do. I mean, shoot, Bruce Willis's tank top is in the Smithsonian, so you can't really go wrong there. There's really only one black sheep, and that's um, a good day to die hard. But uh, yeah, overall, John McClane, real solid character, and um, just everything about this series is just amazing and dang near action movie perfection. So if you haven't seen any of the good movies, one to four, do yourself a huge favor, watch it now series is just perfection, so I guess I'll go ahead and say two sign-offs right now. So, Geek and Proud, and Geek and Kaye, motherfucker!